We acknowledge and respect the first humans of the unceded land we call San Francisco, the Ramaito Shaloni. We condemn the genocide of these and other tribes across the Western Hemisphere. We honor their legacy and history, and we support rematriation and sovereignty efforts. San Francisco. I mean, I live in Berkeley. Um, spent a lot of my time in Oakland, and you know, between then and so on. I just, I just love it. It's laid back. It's proximity to so many great things as we know. I mean, we've got. Let's not go to the old things we hear all the time: the wine country, uh, the Sierras, you know, Southern California, the desert. I mean, it's really just perfectly located, and you know, of course, I love the international nature of it. That was Old School Cafe chef, Eddie Blyden. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco, a podcast celebrating the people and places that make this city so special. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 1, Part 2. Last week on the show, you met Old School's founder and president, Teresa Goins. You heard about how Teresa merged several interests into the swanky supper club she now runs in San Francisco's Bayview neighborhood. In part two, Teresa sets the stage for how she met Chef Eddie and brought him on board at Old School. Then we meet Chef and learn about his worldly, circuitous route to the Bay Area, which he's called home for nearly three decades now. And of course, we'll hear about Eddie's time working with formerly incarcerated youth and kids from the foster system at Old School Cafe. Old School is open for happy hour every Wednesday from 4.30 to 7.30. Do yourself a favor and book a table for dinner Thursdays through Saturdays from 5 to 9 p.m. Here's Teresa, followed by Chef Eddie. So um, a dear friend of mine in the community, Lydia, had said she knew that. So this is when old school was still in my home in the first few years, right? Right. And uh, was trying to still do all the pieces of this vision of old school, even though it was in my house and I didn't have a building. But that didn't stop me from, you know, we can still, just a smaller scale, do all the same things. And so she knew I was looking for a chef. So anywhere I was out, I was looking for chefs to come teach from my youth, um, restaurant, front of the house professionals to come teach the service, hospitality piece, um, speakers for the life skills portion. And so um, I was always out there hustling for free amazing mentors right right and so Lydia said hey um, there's this chef that's coming to teach some youth she also worked with the youth program Mm -hmm. and she said he's gonna teach a cooking class you want to come take a look he might be a good you know person for you to connect with so I showed up and I watched him um, you know working with these other young people in in a different program and I was just a guest and I was like oh he's amazing so, of course, I got his information, introduced myself, um, and then followed up with him right away, which I do. Oh, she followed up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, would love for you to come and teach the youth in our program. Um, and didn't hear back. Um, so then I followed up. I don't know if I emailed or text, but I, I did one after the other. Didn't hear back. Then I text. Then I called. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And so, um, but I'm persistent. That's how old school came to be. You can't, you can't give up when Must you don't hear back. Must have been emails, because back then texting wasn't very huge. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe oh. it's phone calls. So after several times, then uh, I knew where he worked. So then I showed up at okay. his restaurant. So I think it was either Magnolia's or the Olympic. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I am at the counter. I'm I like, swear hi. It was the tail end of 
21st Amendment. <laughs> I might have been Could wrong. have been one of those places. I'm yeah. like, I uh, remember seeing you at both of those two places. So I'm like, remember me? And then he couldn't. You know, I'm there in the flesh. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey, can we set a date for you to come in and, and work with my youth? And so then it was all history. So he started coming and um, teaching, um, you know, cooking workshops. But then we would also do these dinner salons before dinner salons were a thing. Mm-hmm. I was, again, my house is all I had. So we would do these small events for like 20 people. I'd invite my friends and we'd do a menu and it'd be suggested donation because, of course, you can't sell food out of your home. All right. And um, and so it was great. And so he started working. He, then he would bring his chef friends in. So we were getting some of the best chefs in San Francisco that were coming to work with our youth, Amazing. doing these little pop-up dinner salons that would give our youth the, the real formal practice. It's not just a cooking workshop now. It's like we're executing it for real people that are going to eat it. It needs to be plated. It needs to be classy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we Not do these... just kitchen. But... Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so we'd put linens and we would have music in the home. We would do everything you see here at Old School today. We would do these pop-ups in my home. In your home. And he was just great. And then we would do these big our gala fundraisers for like 250 people at Kokomo's. It was a salsa club back in the day. Oh, what a wonderful family. <laughs> Right, we had, they had no kitchen, so he would bring in the full kitchen outside again. Wow. Bring all his chef friends to help out, um, fully volunteer run, and we would do these big, huge fundraisers of like, hey, this is what old school cafe would look like if we could get our own building, if we yes. had our own restaurant. Mm-hmm. This is a picture of what it would look like every night. So he did that for a few years with me as well, and um, yeah, just yeah, was a, a huge. Um, part of our our initial old school family nice um and then so let now let's fast forward in your version of the story yes and you said it was what occasion here yes so we so we i was doing it out of my home for about 10 uh eight years okay and then we got the building got open to the public well now it's 11 going Mm. on it'll be 12 next year Mm -hmm. and so for our 10 year anniversary i reached out and said hey eddie like we haven't connected it's been we'd lost touch you know he was busy doing his thing i was busy with old school and I said, I'd love to have you come back uh, as my guest because you were one of the early people that believed in my vision, that invested in it, and I'd love for you to just come. And it was a very small, intimate group. Mm-hmm. So at the end, I just said I wanted to introduce so everybody knew, hey, this is one of the chefs that believed in the vision that helped in this very kitchen because we, we did a throwback pop-up in oh. my home. Oh, nice. So we had the mayor and we had several um, you know, supporters and donors to showcase this is actually was the original old school in my home for eight yes. years. So we did it just like we did in the old days. And I'm like, and we have the chef here that used to do these with me. And her home is still a mini old school. <laughs> I would imagine. It's just an extension. Yeah. It's like yeah. the um, VIP yeah. area. Yes. Walking in. <laughs> the photographs, the history, the colors. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to see. Maybe we can get some of those old photos of when yeah. it was at your house. Absolutely. Yeah, you got awesome. it. Yeah. So that was really a, just a special night. And then we did the tour there, did a little dinner, and then we were going to f- um, finish the tour here at Old School. And this is what it has become. Right. Oh, right. And so, you know, after it was just so great to reconnect after all these years and just to thank him again. I have such a special place in my heart for the people that believed in the vision when it was still a vision, when it was still in my home, when it was not. It's easy to capture it once you walk in here and it's already exists right but those that stay and it was eight years we're not talking like six months it was Mm -hmm. years and years of it not 
looking like it was ever going to be anything. So right. those those that were with me in the early days are like my ride or die. Yeah. OG. Yes. Or OC. Yes. O- o- original chef. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. not the OC. That also yeah. means something different in California. I won't go there. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I asked him after, you know, we were um, a place that we're ready to continue to grow. And um, I just said, hey, I know you're, you know, working with private clients now that you've kind of moved away from the stress of the restaurant. You know, there's sure. a different kind of grind there. But I said, but you were so good with our youth. And I'd really love to have you back working with it, like your caliber and your, your heart and your ability as we're now poised to start growing. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about coming? I said, and I can pay you now. Oh, dip, big difference. <laughs> big difference. <laughs> so I asked him to come back and be our, our executive chef, our director of culinary, um, mm-hmm. gifted with the youth. And, and he said, yes. So here we are. I was born in Nigeria. Uh, my father was born in Sierra Leone. Okay. And my mother was born in Worcester, Massachusetts. Okay. So my roots are United States, the Virgin Islands, where my father's uh, grandparents came from. Okay. And uh, Sierra Leone, where we spent some of our time growing up. I definitely and, caught Massachusetts in your accent. No. Oh, really? Well... <laughs> It's funny what you would hear. I mean, I've heard Sri Lanka, I've heard... Oh, that's a know, different part of the world. It depends where you're from in the world, you hear different things. So, yeah, I've got... Right. Yeah. Do you want to walk us through maybe a, a Cliff Notes version of how you made it to the Bay? I love Cliff Notes. Okay, they're good. Um, I actually had was living in Switzerland at the time. Okay, that's the other accent I detected. Yes, yes. Swiss, <laughs> Italian, yeah, and yeah, French, French and German. Yeah, I've been Schweizer. Um, my best friend's brother was founding a brewery on the process of, you know, starting a brewery called the 21st Amendment in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And uh, I first got wind of it. I was living in Zurich and they were fundraising. And, uh, you know, the years went by. And at this point, I'd moved to Anguilla in the Caribbean. Okay. And at this point, they had, the funds were getting closer. It was becoming a more realistic proposition. Were you already in the kitchen? Were you already cooking? Or? Oh yeah, I've been. Yeah, I started cooking in New York City. Okay. Um, somewhere back then. Yeah. And uh, from there, I went to work in Germany and Switzerland. So yeah, I started cooking officially in New York City. Okay. Where I earned my stripes, and then went on to work in Europe for eight year, eight nine years, and then through the Caribbean, and then I hit the Bay. Uh, Around the year Twenty First Amendment open. So that was what brought you out. Was your, That's what your me friends out. opening this place? And I'm guessing most of our listeners have are, are familiar with Twenty First Amendment. I would definitely hope so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sure they are. I mean, it's an iconic brand. You know, they've been it's our twenty thirty anniversary this year. Yeah, yeah. So they're doing well. Yeah. You know, they've expanded to San Leandro. Yes. And they're still putting out that iconic watermelon wheat. Yes. And brew free or die IPA. Hello, high watermelon. Hello, high water. That's Very good. Yeah, and Trader it's like at Trader Joe's now. Trader Joe's, it's right? everywhere. It's everywhere, yeah. They're in over 30-something states, I believe. People like it. Close to 40, maybe 40, yeah. Okay, so something interesting that I'm picking up in your, even the Cliff Notes version, is that you moved around a lot, and then you came to the Bay, and I don't know if between coming here for 21st Amendment and today, if you left and came back, but you're, but you're still here. Oh, so there's no turning back, I mean... This is it. 
you know, longest place I've ever lived, and I've lived in many countries. But yeah, it's been the, it's been home for 23 years. And can you speak to what it is about? That was our theme a couple of seasons ago. Is what is it about this place? Meaning the San bay? Francisco in the Bay. I just, yeah, I love I love San Francisco. I mean, I live in Berkeley. Um, spent a lot of my time in Oakland, and mm-hmm. you know, between then and so on. I just I just love it. It's laid back. It's proximity to so many great things as we know i mean we've got let's not go to the old things we hear all the time the wine country yes um, the sierras you know southern california the desert i mean it's really just perfectly located and you know of course i love the international nature of it right great food scene Mm -hmm. it's laid back it's not new york city the laid back not new york city part i definitely relate to um I, I came here f- directly from New York, and it just wasn't. Oh, okay. I love New York, but yeah. it's not. For it's me not a place quite the same. Yeah, yeah got to move around here, right? Yeah, and I always joke. I'm like, the proximity thing. I say like, you can go in three directions and find yourself in a different kind of paradise. And if you have a boat, you can go in the fourth. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know that's I mean? right. Well, you got to get out the Golden Gate. That's a little tricky. That's true. A little choppy, choppy waters. But, yeah. Um, Anywhere close to the water is good for me. Yeah. Yeah. All my vacations are based on that. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. Do you want to um, maybe quick fire talk about places you worked between 21st Amendment here between 21st Amendment and old school? Oh, absolutely. So I started the 21st Amendment. And then there was a brief stint at the White Dog Cafe in Philadelphia. Okay. And then I came back and I worked at another brewery called Magnolia. I've heard of that too. Yeah. (laughs) Magnolia for a couple of years. And one of the ideas of doing that was because Dave McLean, the founder, was about to open up the Alembic down the street from Magnolia. Oh, yeah. And he wanted me to be a part of that. So I joined Magnolia. We did upgrades there on the menu, the space, everything. And then the, the Alembic opened. Okay. And I was going back and forth between Magnolia and the Alembic. Okay. And I did that for a couple of years, and then I joined Joie de Vivre Hotels. Okay. Um, I think there was, no, there was another stint in between that. It was a restaurant called Sneaky Tiki. Sneaky Tiki? Yeah. It was a pan-Asian restaurant because I'd worked in Thailand. Okay. You know, I went in for the beginning of that project. That was here in the city? It was here in the city, in the old Hamburger Mary space. Do you remember the iconic Hamburger Mary's? Of course, yeah, yeah, So it was in that space. Got it. And funny enough, the first time I visited San Francisco on our agenda was Hamburger Mary's. Because I remember standing there one day and going, there's something strange about it. Something about, and then I was like, oh my God, this used to be Hamburger Mary's. Right. Right? You you felt that nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, So I did that, and then I joined Joie de Vivre Hotels. Okay. And the reason I lived in, I, I do live in Berkeley now, is because they took over the historic Hotel Durant. Okay. Which is now Graduate Hotels. Oh, yeah. Right, and they did the remodel, you know, the boutique thing, and then, you know, so we revamped Henry's, and I worked there, you know, for a couple of years, and then I transferred to another one of our properties in Jack London Square called Miss Pearl's. Okay. Uh, there was an original one here, Miss Pearl's Jam House. Founded by legendary chef Joey Altman, and uh, they did a bigger version in Oakland. So, you know, Left Henry's went to Miss Pearl's, and then that shut down. And then I opened up my own place in uh, Frank Ogawa Plaza 
in Oakland. And, yeah, in the uh, Rotunda building right across from City Hall. What was your place called? It's called Crossburgers. Crossburgers, okay. Yeah, and I did a lot of catering. It was the front because I had a lot of catering in the building. We had a lot of law firms, and you know, my friend was the owned the building, and so the whole idea was, look, we have all this business in here. So there was a lot of catering in the back end. Yeah. And we had a good run, but the location was a little challenging. And then after that, I went private for a few years. Catering or? Uh, I did some, I did some catering, but I also did, had a group of private clients. I got it. That I worked with throughout the Bay Area, mostly in the South Bay. Okay. Um, did that. And then I came to visit. I got an invitation from Teresa. You know, chef, it's our 10-year you know, anniversary of the brick and mortar. It'd be great if you came as the founding chef and volunteer. I said, Teresa, that was so awesome. Thanks for... <laughs> You know, thinking about Sheffy. <laughs> and uh, so I came. It was wonderful. Yeah. You know, every, the mayor was there, a lot of founders, both presidents of the Warriors. You know, some other, you know, donors types and so on. And then yeah. I, I, I'd asked Teresa earlier, I said, I don't have to speak, do I? She goes, oh, no, no, no. And of course, immediately, uh, Chef, you got some words to say. Yep. So I spoke. And it was just wonderful, just the feeling and yeah. to see how far old school had come. Mm-hmm. And uh, a few months later, I was here working. It just happened. It just okay. literally it just happened before we get too deeply into the story of okay. old school and all that and your involvement um like throughout your i guess culinary career do do you have a niche or a specialty or do you have a wider array of wider array of things that you do i do have but, a wider array i don't have a niche specialty i mean i you have to understand when i as a child growing up between i don't remember nigeria at all i was just born there okay but I remember Sierra Leone well. And so from Sierra Leone to Worcester, Massachusetts, and then from Worcester to the Soviet Union, and then from the Soviet, I say Soviet Union because it was the Soviet Union back then, living right. in Moscow. Right. And then going to England, you know, then back to Sierra Leone and then New York. So my palate was already, you know, you have those formidable years where, like a language, you pick up a lot faster. So my food palate was all over the map. You're learning through your palate. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so even though I was trained classically in French cuisine, but. I kind of feel that you use those to apply techniques in how you cook, mm-hmm. but it's not all about, it's all French for me. It's just an amalgamation of everything, like, right? Yeah. So I'd, I'd never would like to say, oh, I'm fusion, because I'm not really fusion. Mm-hmm. More like we're global, right? Right. Using what we have around us, which is an abundance of the best produce in the world. Another reason to like living here. I love it. To love living oh, here. Oh, Lord have mercy. Whatever I like. Come on. You know, stone fruit in season Boom. next to, you know, habanero chilies and products from Mexico. And the greens. Grown here. You know what I mean? All the greens. And, yeah, oh, my God. Nuts you know, in the valley. And... Oh, we love our greens. Um, is it fair to call the current menu at Old School Soul Food? International Soul Food. International Soul Food. Because it is some of the best I've ever had. So what informed that writing of the menu? Well, the idea of old school, just tying into what old school is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and who's been through old school, the students that have come through in their backgrounds, Mm -hmm. right? You had kids from Sierra Leone, from Tonga, from El Salvador, from Mexico, from Asia, you know, so I mean, but that brought the idea was for them to come in and bring their backgrounds in that would influence the menu, oh, right? Yeah, that's, that's why you see a lot of students' names on the menu. Yes. That, you know, Abu's groundnut, a.k.a. peanut butter stew. Love it. Um, 
the Tamal Peitong um, Ota. Mm-hmm. I forgot the 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 boy's name. You know, his mother came in and gave the the recipe. So that's what Love we want to bring here. Yeah, we know what soul food is, but of course, there's stereotypes, right? The first thing you think about when you think about soul food is, you know, collard greens, greens and cornbread. Yeah. And yeah. But every other every other country has their own iteration of soul food, right? Right. right. So thus, the international model. And I would argue that soul food, by its very nature, is international because a lot of it it's traced back to enslaved people from Ex- Africa. Exactly. Bringing that food and that culture over. Exactly. And we think it's American, and it is in a way. Yeah. But it's also, yeah. Yeah. I want to hear what it was like uh, for you to take on that role of working with youth in the kitchen. Because that was that something different than what you had previously done? Oh, 100%. Because it's not, I mean, a, a restaurant's a restaurant, you know what your job definition is, but here you know you have, you're running two ships, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There's the restaurant, well, you're running three ships. There's the restaurant where you have to put out the quality of the food, so you have to make sure that goes out in time. Mm-hmm. Then there's the patient's level where you have to work, you're training the kids at the same time, so you have to find the balance where, because they're not trained chefs. Right. They're just starting some of them have never worked before. Right. So you have that running parallel to that you know how do you how do you morph the two to to get a business going but at the same time you know in, include the children right i mean the young people youth right mm-hmm. and then of course the third one is just it's the kids <laughs> right you know they all have their different challenges and you know every day is different for them mm-hmm. and not all of them want to be chefs and they'll tell you quite, and the good thing is they will tell you quite honestly you know chef we we're glad of all this, but we don't really particularly want to be a chef. And, of course, it's not about being a chef. It's just about, do we show up to work on time? Do we follow through on a program? Do we clean up? You know what I mean? Just yeah. doing the things you would do life in any other profession. That tra- Li- life lessons that outside of Ex- a restaurant. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it takes a while. It's like braiding hair, but I kind of feel like we're braiding. Yeah. Right? It's a braiding process. Well, and you said three different things. It's like uh, walking, chewing gum, and juggling. I don't know. Yeah. You know, doing three different things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's Not right. at different times. Right. Um, at the same time. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's it's great because. And it takes a while to settle into it. Sure. It's not like something you just come into because there's so many things I didn't know. It's one thing when you come a volunteer and you go home. You know, but after a matter of time, you get integrally involved with everything going on around you. And out here, especially in the Bayview, it's outside of the restaurant. You know, what's happening outside of your environment, right? It's all interconnected, right? You know, where you have certain people, oh, they're looking out for the plaza, you have these groups, you know, they all want to talk to you as if they're, you know, they're just as respectful as the kids in terms of when you come in, hey, chef, how's it going? Oh, you know, so you're involved with not just inside, but also the outside to some degree, because you have to make it through to get in so it's really interesting it's like another world yeah but, how many um, youth are currently in the program uh, we're in the 20s oh wow yeah and so that's 20 i mean have 20 something i'm guessing you might have worked in kitchens that were that big oh i have but this is different right like you said it, like it, not all of them necess- they want they want to be here but they don't necessarily want to go on cooking right. so it's different challenges it is i would think yeah but, um, yeah, it's, I always joke and say it's like a 20, 25-person old-school team is like a 300-cook <laughs> hotel. 
It's, as it's the same amount of intensity. Okay. There's a lot of moving parts, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love it. And my favorite expression <laughs> that I've come to use lately is when you get into old school, not all the time, obviously, but certain times in the night, especially if it's not too busy, now you're finding things for them to do, a couple over here, doing a baking project. Okay, you guys go over there and, you know, let's do a little cleaning project, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like being thrown into a washing machine, right? And all the laundry's flying around you, you're trying to grab, you know, you're just... It's either going to get clean or you're going to get hurt. Right, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, like, it's that chaos, and right. you know what I mean? And you got right. caught up and swirled in, and then the day's over, and you go... And you're driving home and you're, you know, decompressing and thinking, okay, tomorrow we're going to do it that way. Or, you know, it was a great day. So-and-so and so did great. This one did that. So, yeah, it's every day is a different day. So, Good thing we got in time. reconnecting with Teresa, for example, when she just brought up earlier, she said, oh, chef, there's a jacket of yours from the White Dog Cafe, and that triggered something. But she's pulled up so many memories, right, from the beginning Right, well, we used to wheel around the city, meeting different people, trying to get people involved. And then I started thinking about, oh my God, there was Stephanie, there was Anna, mm -hmm. there was my friend Stone Williams, who used to bring in the big hitters. And then she had her own, you know, there were like all these people that we would meet together. She'd pull the people in, I would have all these people. And then in reflecting back, right, and seeing how many people over the years have come through old school. Mm. This, this, mm -hmm. old, this old school should be like a university. There could be a yearbook. If you think of its history. Does that make sense? Oh, I like that, a yearbook. There could be a yearbook. Yeah, a yearbook. But it would be the, yeah. it would be a year's book. Ooh, I like that a you lot. You know, Teresa, because, yeah. and then she pulled up photographs. I, yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, 20, next I was year's like, 20 years. I was like, oh my God, you were there, or I was there, and what, what was I? Yeah. I completely, you know, I've forgotten so many things, so it's just been beautiful just to... Well, I think it's easy when you're lot of, doing the things. Yeah, it's a you're lot You're in of, the weeds, a lot and of running then you around. take a step back and you see the, the big jungle that it all is. <laughs> it really is. I think that what... what um, Eddie's really touching on is what a beautiful woven tapestry of community. Yes. So many, it, and I always talk about it being a beautiful big village, mm -hmm. right? Because it really is, it's not a one person. Um, we're meant to do things together and in community and that feeling of the village coming around our young people where there's, you need the wisdom from everyone. You need the skills from, they, you know, that, that sense of like, oh, you can go into this house. You can go over to here. You know, basically you've got this whole um, neighborhood village that can surround and, and support and mentor and open doors. And so I, when I think about how many people have touched old school, have put their fingerprints on old school that have had a part of making it possible. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's really fun. To, and even having people that will bring up memories that I've forgotten. It's like, oh, do you, oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that, right? Mm -hmm. So I am excited about next year, you know, all year celebrating 20 years since it started. Um, that is no small thing. Yeah, and all wow. the people that have had a part in making this special place what it is today. That was Old School Cafe's chef, Eddie Blyden, and their founder and president, Teresa Goins. We're running a series we did last year over the next couple weeks, so be on the lookout for those season-appropriate episodes wherever you get your podcasts, starting next Tuesday. We'll be back in November with brand new episodes on some of our favorite humans in San Francisco. Music for Storied San Francisco was produced, performed, and curated 
by Otis McDonald. Michelle Kilfeather does original photography for us. Aaron Lim of Bitch Talk Podcast is our contributing producer. And the show is produced and hosted by me, Jeff Hunt. Now in our sixth season, we have more than 200 episodes available on our website, storiedsf.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're able to, please rate and review the show, and drop us a line at storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Keep rejecting those silly doom loop narratives about our city. Stay wacky, weird, healthy, and creative. And we'll see you next time on Storied San Francisco. This podcast is a proud member of the BFF.FM podcast network. Learn more at podcasts.bff.fm. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever.